online Crossroads fam. Glad that you're here with us. Before we get into anything, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Also want to ask you, hey, subscribe so you get the updates and let you know when our new messages are up. But tonight we begin the uh, the final message or the final series in this school year. And we're looking at 23. It's the 23rd Psalm, one of the most famous passages of scripture that there has ever been. And tonight what we're going to do is we're going to be digging in and seeing what David was talking about when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. We're, we're going to take each word of the first five words, break them down, uh, get into it. But tonight we're just going with the most used word in the English language, the word the. Why did he specifically say the? Good evening. Glad that you're here. Okay. So anyway, what we talk? Oh, that passage of scripture. Uh, today, as we went over to see Big Hun, and that's Hunter, that's what I call him, uh, we were sitting down with him, and I, and I had that passage stuck in my, my billfold or my phone carrier toter. And I said, man, I just want you to just pour over this passage of scripture. This passage of scripture has so many truths built into it, so many things that we see a different version of what uh, David is. You see the human side of David. A king will never show you that they're human, but as we read about David, we find out that he is 100% human. He finds finds himself in a struggling position, yet he also finds himself knowing that the truth that he needs to fall into is God. And so that's why this passage of Scripture speaks to us so loudly. And of course, as we talked about, uh, five has been a big thing for us. And your left-handed five, the reason that we're hitting that for our college students who just came in, there was a chaplain in World War I, and he was trying to encourage his men as they were going into battle. And he wanted to give them something that would give them courage as they go into fight. And so he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd on his hand. And he explained it to the soldiers this way, the Lord is my shepherd. And as he explained that to him, he showed them each finger and he went, went back and he grabbed a hold of his ring finger and he said this shows I'm in a committed relationship that's why this is that part the Lord I'm in a committed relationship with my Lord and when the, the people would go out to collect bodies unfortunately there were a lot of those men that died when they would collect those bodies they would be holding on to their ring finger and so the, the men that had gone to collect the bodies came back asking the question what is this about why are they all holding this and he said there is a chaplain that has been challenging them with this message and giving them that message and they're holding on to the Lord to their last breath. And so that's why this is such an important thing to me right now, because I've been clinging to this, the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. Tonight, we're going to be fancy. How many of you enjoy being fancy? You get dressed up occasionally. You go out to a nice restaurant like Waffle House occasionally, right? You get that cup of coffee that if you got hands as big as mine, your finger won't fit in that little loop, so you have to hold it weird. But at some point, you have taken a drink of something and you've gone pinky up, right? You've all done it, right? You try to be cool. You're like, oh. So we all do that from time to time. I never understood why that's the thing people do. I don't get it. But anyway, tonight we're pinkies out. So our pinky, we're starting this off with the word the. Now, somebody give me a definition of the word the. I didn't ask you to spell it, but that's impressive. I mean, it's three letters. And it's right there. So anybody a definition? Typically the beginning of a sentence. Typically the beginning of a sentence. Oh. Right? So you completely were wrong. Even on your, your definition was wrong. <laughs> Gee, buddy. Um, I, it's one of these words that everyone uses. It is the most used word in the English language, yet no one can really define what it is until you turn to a dictionary. Wow. Yes. Probably pointing out something specific. That's very... Um, 
Specific. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you a definition. It's not, it's not, you were, you were right on it, man. So, um, I think, I don't really know what you said, but I got you. Here we are, here we are, here we are. So I turned to a dictionary because that's the only way I learned things. The is denoting one or more people or things already mentioned or assumed to be of common knowledge. Anyone? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Used to point forward to a following, qualifying, or defining phrase. Anyone? Yeah, me neither. Used to make generalized reference to something. I do that on the daily. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, identi uh, than identifying a particular instance. It's enough of. Those definitions mean absolutely nothing to me. All I know is when I say thee, I am talking about something specific. When you find that special someone, guys, when you find that woman and she agrees to go out with you, immediately your first thought is this could be not A1. This could be because A1's for stakes. What? Okay. So, right? So, V1, ladies, when for some reason you slip and bump your head and you wake up and that guy's standing there and you go, he is the one. When you go to select a car, you don't want to pick a car, you want to pick the car. There are certain things, and when you come to the, it's the thing that you desire. It's the thing that you want. It's what you're going after. And so as we read this passage of Scripture, the Lord is my shepherd. Why don't we just read the 23rd Psalm? If you've got your card, wonderful. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's Bible study. I would encourage you to do that. But we've got cards up here. Um, you got someone close to you with the 23rd Psalm. We're going to read that. Oh, someone stole it from my Bible. There it is. All right, you ready? Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie in a green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before, my enemies in the pre uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a passage of Scripture that you've heard your whole life. It's a passage of Scripture that you will hear until the, your last day. If you can listen when you are dead, there's a very good chance that will be read over your funeral. But this passage of Scripture has so many things in it. And what I want you to understand, we talked last week about how David wrote this and why he wrote that. When he said that you anoint my head with oil. Y'all remember we talked about sheep bashing their heads into rocks until they would die because of the gnats and things. People that he was writing to needed to understand exactly what he was saying. And you, you, you just put your mindset back to biblical days. There weren't just a God. There were hundreds and hundreds of gods. They worshipped all kind of things. And it wasn't like if you were to go to India or you were to go to a, a country that has multiple gods for many things. It was, it, we need rain. Well, we should go and pray to the God of rain. We need it to dry up. We should go and pray to the God that dries it up. I want to have a child and you should go pray to the fertil, fertil, pregnant God. <laughs> Fertility. I was about to say futility. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, all these different gods that would be prayed to. And this was a common thing. Anywhere you walked in the towns, anywhere you were in the cities, there were multiple statues of different gods. So much so that they said, you know, we might be missing one. So we're going to have a, a statue to the unknown God. 
And that is the thing of just in case we're missing one, let's put another statue up. And he's like, what would you pray to for that one? You know, and that's one of the things I want you to think about. David was being very specific when he pointed out that the Lord is my shepherd. Could you imagine living in a time where everywhere you turn, there was a different God to worship? There was a different thing that would get your devotion that would grab you, and that would be the thing that you, you adore. That would be the thing that you're passionate towards. But it's hard to be passionate towards multiple things. We understand in a relationship, if you have a true relationship with someone, it's a one-to-one thing. It's not a one-to-five-hundred thing. And that's what David is, is hitting us with here. He wants us to define what our Lord is. And as I read that passage of Scripture and I started thinking about if Kenny Martin is walking through the main streets of Jerusalem and there are statues everywhere and people are worshiping all the gods, I don't know how it would function because I can't, I can't focus very well as it is. And God made it very simple for me that there is one way to heaven, yet all these multiple gods would give you different versions of what your eternity was. And God, and God is using David to show a group of people, to show a world, to show us today that there is one Lord that we should serve. And as I'm thinking about that passage of Scripture, I'm thinking that was written 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago. Aren't you glad it's not like that anymore? Or is it? How many of us could truly say we only worship God when there are other things that we adore and take us away from God? What are some things that are worshipped today? What are some things that, that you, and this, I want you to answer. This is not your confession time. I just want you to think. Things that people worship today. Technology. Technology. How many of you have been frustrated with Verizon over the past month or 28 years, whatever? Isn't it hilarious how we fall apart when our technology doesn't work right? Maybe it's not hilarious to you. It's hilarious to me. I was talking to Chris Williams today because here's what happened in Kenny's world today. I've been in a meeting for a couple of days and I come back and I sit down at my computer and as my computer's trying to wake up, I grab my phone to do something real quick and I notice I don't have a cell phone signal. And I look over at the router that's been in my office for a thousand years and it's not working. And I remember Chris saying, sometimes you might just need to unplug it, wait for a little bit and plug it back. So I did, and it didn't come back to life. So I sent C for a message. I said, Chris, uh, it's dead. Could you come do something? And so he comes up to me, and he says, hey, I've got the solution. He puts this new something that looks like that, and he puts it in my office, and we've got Internet again. And he said, isn't it crazy how we are so dependent on our technology? And he said, I'm still at a place where I can put my phone down for two hours and not even think about it. I can go play basketball and not even think about it. And I told him, I said, I watched, uh, or I saw pictures of people doing, what is it, the paint run where you run and they throw paint on you, not like wet paint, the powder stuff, powder run, and color run. Is that racist? Sorry. <laughs> but as I'm watching the pictures, seeing the pictures of all that, I'm looking at people, and as they're running, they've got their phone in their hand. We're so dependent on technology. I think that would be true, that that is something we worship. Someone else, something that, is, that people worship today. Fame. Fame. Absolutely. Um, we were in New York a couple of months ago. And we were standing in a coffee shop in this part of New York called Jumbo. And I kept looking at this lady. And I, I wasn't being creepy, I don't think. I probably was because I'm looking like something like this. And she's just a beautiful young lady. And she's got really tight cornrows. And they were 
pink, hot pink. And she was about this tall. But she was a grown woman. I mean, you could tell she wasn't no kid. And I'm just sitting there watching her. And she's talking with this family that's got these beautiful children. And she's just ooing and cooing with them, having the best time. And I was like, man, she got to be a celebrity. Because you can't look that pretty and not be a celebrity unless you're me. All right? So... Gee, buddy. So anyway, I just keep thinking, she's a celebrity. I've seen her somewhere. She's a celebrity. I've seen her somewhere. And as she goes to walk out, uh, I've been listening to these beautiful conversations. I guess I am kind of creepy because I'm eavesdropping too. But she's having these beautiful conversations with his family and with their children and all. And as they're walking out, there's this guy that picks up a bunch of camera gear and stuff. And I'm like, she's definitely a celebrity because nobody just walks around with someone that carries all that kind of stuff. And the man of uh, the family says, I loved this song. And I didn't know the song he was talking about so it didn't stick she said oh I used to like that one but this is my favorite one since I recorded it I went aha she must be a singer because <laughs> I'm smart like that it was Cardi B what's a Cardi B I have no idea so I'm driving down the road the other day and uh, on the satellite radio the volume was down for some reason I don't know that doesn't happen often but it said Cardi B and Bruno Mars, Mars. I was about to say Max and old, right? gosh I'm that old and so I was like, cool, that's that girl I saw in New York. And I turned up the music and I was like, Ugh! I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I was like, my gosh. But you know what? That wasn't the girl that I heard in that coffee shop. She didn't sound that trashy. And there's, there's very few things that just made me want to barf. A woman that smokes is one of them. And one that's got a filthy mouth is another thing. That's just two things that I look at. And, go, and it's not right for guys to have trashy mouths. But when I hear a, a lady... It just bothers me. And I just couldn't believe. But you know what? The price of fame a lot of time will get us to do crazy things, to get us to do absurd things. Something else, some, something else that is worship today. Money, straight up. How many of you wish you had unlimited money? I would ask you what you would do, but I mean, you could do anything. Man, I ain't gonna lie, I'd have me a log cabin in the middle of Yellowstone. I would buy Yellowstone from this. No, I'd buy Cade's Cove. And I would block it off. And y'all be like, I want to see Cade's Cove. No, it's Kenny's Cove. You cannot see it. That's fine. You could be over on North Carolina side. And I would have me a big log cabin and I would have a horse. And it would have no name because that's a fun song. So I would have anything imaginable if I had all that money. And people do crazy things for that. And they genuinely worship money. Somebody else, something that's worshiped today. I'm sorry? Vehicles. Man, I ain't gonna lie. It wasn't a worship thing. It was almost a sacrifice thing when my Jeep was having issues the other day. I was about to shoot the beast, put it down. But it's okay. Anybody else, something that's worshiped today? What about our adults? Not that y'all are worshiping something other than God. What's something that you would say is worship today? Athletics. Athletics? Kids. Kids. Uh, anything materialistic? Pretty much any materialistic thing you can think of. Absolutely. And it's crazy. I, I was talking with, with Seifer today, and he and Katie, they've been married for a while. And he said, you know, we've talked about kids, and we're kind of freaking out because we're married, and we can have children. And, we're, and he started talking about all that. And I said, you know, the most important thing about having a child, he said, making sure they don't die. I said, well, that's pretty important, yeah. I said, the most important thing about having a child is making sure that you still are husband and wife. And he just looked at me, and I said, it's really easy to turn all your attention to that child and be a parent 
But at some point, that child's going to go away. They're going to move off. And then you're in a house with someone that you don't know how to be husband and wife anymore. You don't know how to sit down and look at each other and talk for hours about absolutely nothing. It's important to do that. It's easy for us to find these things that, that we cherish and it becomes something that we worship. And I would say that I don't think any of you would, if there was a pile of money that you would sit down and you go, dear holy money. I don't, I don't think we would do that. But what it boils back to is that we get our mind wrapped around worship being something that we do once, twice, three times a week. And worship is what our life is supposed to be. And the problem that we run into is these things come in front of us and they get between us and God. And that becomes an item or an object that we find ourselves worshiping, even though we would never admit that it's truly something that we worship. When we find ourselves doing whatever we can to make sure we have these things. And a lot of times the most important thing is that we're forgetting is that the most important thing we could have is a relationship with God. The Lord is my shepherd, not a small lowercase g. God of all creation is my Lord. God of all creation is my Savior. Romans 10.9, turn if you would to Romans 10.9. When you get it, somebody hit it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I think one of the most beautiful parts of that is that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. Not there's a chance you could be saved, that you will be saved. Now, if there's something that we should worship, it would be something that would save us. It would be something that would rescue us. As a child, as I was drowning in a pool and there was this guy that pulled me out by my hair, I wouldn't say that I sat down and worshipped him, that I was so grateful to him. Until the day my mother passed away, she would talk about that boy that saved you that time. But God, the creator of all, says, I have a gift for you. And here's what you have to do. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And one of the biggest issues I think we find is that once we get to that place to where we have turned from our sin and we have surrendered ourselves to Jesus, we think that's it. We stop right there. But there's more that needs to take place. Yes, you are saved. Yes, eternity in heaven is yours. But I just don't believe that God saved us to sit. I think He's called us for something greater. And being a follower of Christ is so, so important because we live in a world that doesn't view God as anything other than a mythical creature. In this meeting I was with, I was with youth pastors from all over the southeast. And as we're sitting in this meeting, I'm listening to all these doctors. They're doctors of theology and they're masters of theology. And then there's me and I can almost read. And so as they're talking. They just keep saying, but you know, God's word says, and God's word says, and God's word says. And I started thinking about a message that I heard from Andy Stanley several years ago. He said, we're at a place now to where saying the word of God says, that's just not good enough anymore. And there are millions of Christians all over the world that heard that when I can't believe you're saying that the word of God is not enough. He said, no, the word of God is enough for those of us that believe in the word of God. But we're living in a world that doesn't believe in the word of God. There's got to be more to our reason for living for Christ than just because God says so. 
There's got to be something behind that. There's got to be more because you go to school with people that don't believe the Word of God is anything more than a book. You might live in a home with someone that doesn't believe the Word of God is anything more than a book. One of my dearest friends, when we were young, he was telling me about his uncle. He says, my uncle is a part of Mensa. It's a genius society. He says, he's the smartest person I've ever even heard of. And he says, I sat down with him one day and says, don't you just, isn't it amazing how God does? And he says, I just don't really believe in God. He said, how could you not believe in God? He said, well, prove God to me. And Bob, he was like, okay. And he said, I handed him my Bible. He said, yeah, that's an interesting book. I've read it about five times. And he said, he's read the word of God five times, yet he still doesn't believe in God. And a lot of times people can't believe in God because they don't see that there's anything different about who we are as Christians. We become exactly what society is. And as David is trying to show the importance of what big letter G is, he's saying that there has to be something set apart from us, that we have to be different. Not that we're better than the world, but there's something different about us. And the Word of God, yes, supports our beliefs, supports who we are, but it doesn't cause us to be haughty above others. It doesn't cause us to be snubs to others. It causes us to actually love others in a different way. Um, Isaac and I had a conversation the other day, and it's really interesting that you and I had the conversation. You were talking about your fraternity, that there were some homosexual guys in there. And you said, you know, I grew up in a place in Chilton County where you say, well, that's just wrong because God's word says so. And yes, God's word says it's wrong. But it also says that being a drunkard is wrong. It also says that there are a lot of immoral things that are wrong. Yet there are people that find this sin that they're not enticed by and they call that the worst so we had the conversation Isaac said but you know I see it differently now I don't support what they are but I, I love them and I'm sitting with Rick Burgess yesterday and he's talking to us and he says I sat down with a teenage boy and he says I'm the leader of the men's group at Gardendale First Baptist and he says I'm rough with them he says I'm hard on them because I want them to grow up to be men and he said this men's group that I leave I'm even worse on them he said but I sat down with this teenage boy and that teenage boy looks at me and says but Rick you just don't understand what it's like to live in this world and be a homosexual and Rick Burgess says I know exactly what you're dealing with and that guy looks at him he says I understand hundred percent where you're coming from I understand I had the same problem and so this teenage boy is going, wait, you had a problem with homosexuality? And he said, he never said it, but I could see it in his eyes. He said, before I gave my life to God, he said, I had the same sexual desires that you do. It was towards women, but it was the same desire that you had. You have towards men. He said, but when I gave my life to God, when I surrendered, when I committed myself to him, he changed what my desires were. And he says, brother... I can't tell you that what you're doing is right. I can tell you that it's wrong, and you can't get mad at me because it's what God's Word says. He said, but I can tell you this, you can be freed from that if you truly want to. And as I hear him saying that, I started just beating myself over the head with how many times I've looked down my nose at someone that has a sin that I look at as terrible, yet I don't suffer with it, because, and then I think that I'm better because I'm not like that. Whatever that is, whether it's gluttony, I'm world champ at that. I'm a world champ at that. Chris and I were talking about it. He said, you know, it's funny. We'll tell somebody you shouldn't be drinking. Yeah, we'll sit down and eat five cheeseburgers. I said, shut up, Chris. There ain't nothing wrong with that. It's glorifying God with a lot of body. He was like, no, it's gluttony. We find these things, and we call it a terrible thing, yet our sin is just as bad. 
He said, but when there is a surrender to God, when the Lord is your shepherd, things change. When the Lord is your shepherd, service becomes part of what you want. You want to be a servant just as, as Jesus was. When the, when the Holy Spirit is in your life, there are things that change about who you are. It'll change your desires. And I just keep going back to Rick, but his, his testimony, his life is so cool. He said, me and my, my wife, we went to a, her pastor and said, yeah, we want you to marry us. And that pastor looked at me and said, no, I'm not going to do your wedding in my church. And Rick was like, well, why? He says, well, where are you going to church? He said, well, I haven't been to church in 13 years. He said, then why would you want to do your wedding in my church? He said, because she wants to get married in your church. And he says, well, I'm not going to do it. He said, well, let me tell you something, preacher. You ain't got to be saved. You ain't got to go to church to be saved. He said, you're exactly right. Legally, you're right. You don't have to go to church to be saved. He said, yeah, I've never met someone that's radically changed by God that doesn't have a desire to be in church. And when Rick said that, I was like, come on, brother. Ah. Oh. When God changes your life, you change. There's no doubt about it. When you don't fall in love, when you enter into a relationship and it grows into love, you change. The things that I used to want, I don't care about anymore. I used to want the coolest of everything. Now I'm like, if it's functional, great. I used to want the flyest threads. <laughs> Boy, I'm old. The coolest clothes. I don't know what you say. Now if it fits, I'm solid. We were going out to eat the other night, and I was so excited. I went to put my jeans on, and my foot went through a hole in the leg and just ripped them to shreds. I was like, well, <laughs> I got to go eat with all these fancy doctors. Hi, I'm Dr. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hey, I'm Kenny. <laughs> you know? And I got a hole in the leg of my drawers, and I sat down. I said, I'm going to wear them anyway. I'm going to be that guy. And I sat down, and when I sat down on my knee, bent, it was ripped. And I was like, no, you can't be doing that. You're gonna be, uh, folks won't have an appetite. So I just put my shorts back on. It was like, oh, you really got dressed up. Hey, why don't you shut up? <laughs> Good morning. The things that we desire that seem to be so important to us, when the Lord is our shepherd, those desires change. The question is, is the Lord your shepherd? Has there ever been a time that you truly committed to him? Not that you regurgitated words. Not that you had an emotional experience, but you were truly rocked by what God is. Because when that happens, you change. Your desires change. When the Lord is your shepherd. So my question comes back to, who is your shepherd? Is it the Lord or is it just a Lord? Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as